Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. To integrate the schools in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I read Melba's book. I cried. I just cried being her. She's a she was an excellent writer. I even bought her second book that she wrote, which was a part two of how she married a Caucasian man and he abused her, and then her she went on, and all. And she's just a beautiful, and she's still alive. She's eighty-two years old today. So that person really opened my eyes about what racism was really. If you never experienced racism, she told the story. So I'm bringing in some history tonight. To let's start there, because again, seven days we're into 2024, the year of eight, which is. Um, the infinity signal turned upside down. New beginnings. We want to have new beginnings that bring forth truth with a capital T. And we already starting out with racism, racism, racism. Ah, so we're going to see what racism really looked like 67 years ago. And I've got at least, let's see, about three short audios about the Little Rock Nine. Who were the Little Rock Nine? They were really some brave little students in high school that weathered the racism storm 
And these are the people we should think about when we think about racism. Not today. Today, political, all political. And the I see it as the main reason that we hear racism today is to divide and conquer. Okay? Divide and conquer. Now, they had years ago, 67, uh, I believe it was more about ignorance. Ignorance, pure ignorance is how I see uh, the racism 67 years ago. So let's look at one of, I think I've got at least three uh, audios on the Little Rock Nine. Who were these brave souls who endured the worst? I tell you, I read the book and I just cried. It was just, oh, how could they? And there's some of them are still alive today. Most of them had major diseases they had to come overcome of the nine that or the ones that survived. Uh, Melba, in fact, is in a wheelchair because of the stress and the trauma they had to endure because their parents insisted they enter, be the ones, the, the, the warriors, talk about warriors, to integrate the public schools in Little Rock, Arkansas. So here's the first of one historical account of racism back 60-some years, 67 years ago. Here we go. I'm going to play uh, the audio along with um, the it, So if you're on Facebook, you're going to be able to see it as well, but I'm also going to play the audio for my uh, Blog Talk family to hear it. Okay, here we go. What about you, sir? Do you think the college students will show up? If I got anything to do with it, they won't show up. Well, I think it's a breaking point of the school integration. I just don't uh, feel that they have a right to go to school. It's easy to believe today that we are an enlightened society, free from problems of race, gender, or economic separation. But some of the most difficult lessons we learn are a result of individuals who push us through these divisive barriers. In September of 1957, nine black school children, the eldest only 17, forced us through such a blockade. They sought a better education for themselves and the opportunity to pursue the American dream. This is Central High School, Little Rock, Arkansas. Troops, which for nearly three weeks lined the sidewalk here in front of the high school under orders to keep the colored students out, have been replaced now from their orders to comply with the law, which means let the Negro students in if they come in. We were Terrence Roberts, Jefferson Thomas, Thelma Mothershed, Elizabeth Eckford, Ernest Green, Carlotta Walls, Melba Patillo, Minnie Jean Brown, and Gloria Ray. They became known as the Little Rock Nine. The 1954 Supreme Court ruling on Brown versus the Board of Education found segregation of schools unconstitutional. But as the Little Rock Nine approached the high school, segregationists swarmed the campus. They got no business out here. <laughs> this is our school, not theirs. They are their own. As the violence escalated, one schoolgirl, Elizabeth Eckford, was threatened by an angry mob chanting, lynch her, lynch her. President Dwight Eisenhower intervened in Little Rock and set a precedent for our nation as a whole. Such an extreme situation has been created in Little Rock. 
this challenge must be met. And with such measures as will preserve to the people as a whole their lawfully protected rights in a climate permitting their free and fair exercise. In the present case, the troops are there pursuant to law solely for the purpose of preventing interference with the orders of the court. On September 25, 1957, the 101st Airborne Division and 10,000 National Guard troops escorted the Little Rock Nine as they walked bravely past screaming mobs and made their way to the classrooms of Little Rock Central High School. Just got a report here on this end that the students are in. Do you feel it's worth it going through this? Yes, I do. These nine heroes were willing to step forward and in doing so altered the course of history. Marquette University is honored to bestow upon them the Pierre Marquette Discovery Award for this extraordinary contribution to the advancement of education for all people. The Little Rock Nine stand not just for racial equality, but also for the promise upon which our society is founded, opportunity and equality for all willing to strive, struggle, and achieve. That was 67 years ago. Nine brave students went into an all-white school to integrate a education for themselves, which they thought was better, right? That was the whole purpose of integration, right, is get a better education. So today we look at what's going on in our society, and when somebody is calling racism, you have to look back on history, in my opinion, and really um, discern what true racism looked like. Here's another picture, another short clip on a look back at the Little Rock Nine, because they were, in my again, I read Melba's book. She was one of the Little Rock Nine, and I cried most of the book. Just her description and her beautiful writing was just so uh, heart wrenching and so heartfelt that you couldn't help but get emotional. The local newspaper, the Arkansas Gazette at that time, uh, indicated that the Brown decision was going to change the face of the South forever. I remember those words. And I thought to myself, good, because I think the face of the South ought to change. I will not force my people to integrate against their will. The governor of the state, Orville Faubus, decided that he was going to use Central as his point of resistance. None of us of the nine anticipated that the resistance would be as strong as it was. The night before we were to go to school, the governor called out the Arkansas National Guard, unbeknownst to us, uh, and when we appeared at, at Central the first day, sealed off. the National Guard was there to bar our entrance and let white students go into the school. What it was like, it was rejection that uh, I had never experienced like that. It seemed to me that if they were going to all of this trouble to keep me out, there was something bigger than my simply going to class. Only when we got home from school that day did we realize what an ordeal, personal ordeal, Elizabeth had gone through and that she certainly faced more of the mob directly 
I, I always applaud the fact that she was able to keep both her composure and try to figure out how to get out of that. We started school on the 25th of September. President Eisenhower sends 500 troops of the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army. It was a terrific feeling that President of the United States would send troops to escort us into school. I, I didn't know what was going to happen after that. It was like going to war every day. Uh, you had students who tried to use as much verbiage as they could to intimidate us. We had threats and uh, comments that, uh, you know, we would be killed for all of us. We decided that this was uh, a year that we were going to support each other. We were going to try to do as well as we could uh, in our academic work. Some were a lot smarter than me, but I also was determined that this year I was going to graduate from Central. The uh, principal of the school told me at one point along the way that um, I didn't have to come to the ceremony. They would mail me my diploma. And I thought, listen, I didn't go through all this to uh, pass up the, uh, the ceremony. Maybe the, the world thought that after Little Rock, everything is going to be fixed. And one of the important pieces, I'm, I'm sure I don't need it to remind anyone, that the history of slavery in this country makes it very difficult to overcome a lot of issues on race. We're a long way from being perfect, but we certainly are not what we were when I started out. I, I believe that our participation at Central is one of those many steps that's gone to change this country for the better. So that was one of the Little Rock Nine at an older age, reflecting on, on a very, very harsh lesson for him and his fellow students. So this next audio is one Oprah Winfrey interviewed some of the people who lived in that neighborhood, in that city back in 1957. And this man tells the story of his regret and his remorse. Some, I guess this was probably some 50, at least 50 years after the Little Rock Nine incident. So this is so important to see how far ignorance leaves the story when people have a chance to reflect. So this is one man's remorse for ridiculing those students. And it just shows, I think, um, the level of forgiveness and the level of regret that people can have once time passes and we can look at his testimony as one that has been actively going in the minds of all of us who went through that tumultuous time. So here's one man's, um, one man's story about how he felt back then and now. David Sontag came here today, he says, to apologize to Minnie Jean for an altercation in the cafeteria. What happened? Oh, I just went in the cafeteria, and uh, I'd sort of been dared by other kids, you know, to, you know, to retaliate for Minnie Jean for having poured chili on someone's head earlier. And so I, I did it. But it was not, uh, it was not done with, out of hate. Well, was it done it was out just of done. <laughs> out of ignorance. Mm -hmm. Ignorance. Of not understanding her plight. Mm -hmm. And uh, or the plight of all of them. We didn't really 
No, we weren't walking in their shoes. We didn't put ourselves in their shoes. And I know that I didn't treat them the way I would have wanted to be treated. How did you treat them? Um, I don't necessarily remember being ugly, straightforward to, to any of them individually, but just being a part of a group that would, you know, chant and uh, say negative things. Mm -hmm. Are you the reason uh, Minnie Jean was, was expelled? I may be part of the reason. <laughs> uh -huh. You were the reason she was expelled. And what happened to you? I was suspended. You were suspended, and she was expelled. Uh -huh. I may have been expelled, too, and, but reinstated, you know, uh -huh. later. She was not. So uh, you came here today, what? Do you, I am genuinely sorry for any negative things that I did at that time. I was really acting as a child that was not prepared. For Were the you, what, what was going on in your family and with your friends about this entire integration process? What were you all saying? It was mainly friends, not my family. Mm -hmm. I was not raised to be racist at all. Mm -hmm. um, I have seven brothers and three sisters. And, I mean, we never used the N-word among us. Um, but you did with your friends? With friends, mm -hmm. yes. And... Um, and I'm sorry that I used that in my language, and I refused to use it any longer, and have for years. Mm -hmm. It didn't take me long. So how did you feel when that year was over, David? How long before you regretted your ignorant behavior? Oh, when I went in the service. Really? And what happened there? I met black men that I had to work side by side with. Mm -hmm. And I got to know them, I got to like them. I really never got to know these people, mm -hmm. only by reading about them. Mm -hmm. And you are now and here because you were ashamed. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. I knew Carlotta just because she had a locker close to me and we yeah. would, you know, well, that's how I'm, I'm, I, I recognized you off the bat. I remember you, I remember your smile, <laughs> I remember your eyes, I remember your catcalls. You used to get me coming out of English class, walking down the hall. You remember that? And I, I've never forgotten your name. I've never forgotten your name. Never, ever. Was he not nice to you? He was insidious because he was continuous. He was, like, relentless. He never gave up. It wasn't like he did this one day. It was, like, every day. And he never really uh, hit or anything, but I always expected him to. And he was just always there, and he had the most vibrant eyes, and he just he really frightened me. Because every day he was there. You know, it wasn't like it was going to be today, Tuesday, Thursday. It's going to be every day. Every time you see him, every you know time trouble. Him. So it was like Chinese water torture. It was like he had a day job. That's right. <laughs> right, man. He was, he was on time. He was on time and on target every day. Every day. Every day. Does his apology mean anything to you? I would like to come forward and a lot. apologize to him. Yeah, it means a lot to us. I want to I wish you all the good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you better listen than you. Yeah. yeah. It means everything to me. That moment of forgiveness. That's what this journey is all about. The moments of forgiveness when we come to our senses and realize we were ignorant. Period. 
ignore ants. Ignoring the wisdom of the ant. Ignore ant. So today, 67 years later, we have a a situation or a news item brewing that wants to bring up racism as the reason for it. And we're going to talk about that. My partner and breast friend, Mikhail Eubanks, is joining me tonight because he was not only in the military, and he can relate to um, – he can relate to being in the military, how it changes you, right, honey? Yes. And that man, as that man said, he was changed when he went into the military. So sometimes war is needed to bring you to forgiveness and repent and change. But let me just read real quick. We have some uh, viewers on Facebook. Great being, beloved. Our, our Empress Regina is here. Thank you, Regina, for joining us. And Naima Latif says, I wonder if any of those adults participate in the protests of school integration are alive today. Yes. In fact, you, if you Google the names that they showed on the earlier video, you can uh, find out. If, I know Melba, whose book I read, is still alive. She's 84 years old, 82 years old, and she's teaching. I wonder if any of them are ashamed, just as we saw. Yes, Naima's thinking ahead. To have their children and grandchildren see them out there screaming a little bit. I, I really don't, as that man expressed, I don't know if they're ashamed, but they are. They have regrets, and now they're ready to move on to forgiveness. So how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. If, uh, for those of you on uh, Blog Talk, my friend, partner, Love, Love is here, and he's going to share his wisdom about the education system because the Little Rock Nine was all about improving education. And, Mikael, you were a teacher in the education system. Tell me, do you think it needs changing at this point, yeah, especially higher education, because you went to all college? All of it. All of it. It's Why? It's a, it's a controlled environment. Controlled environment. And so when we look at what's going on with uh, Miss Gay, Claudine Gay, Dr. Gay, and her uh, decision to – retire, and then uh, Al Sharpton's coming in and the racism king, and uh, who else is coming in? Uh, Barack Obama is showing up, racism. It's all about racism. And what we want to show you, and what do you think about that situation? First, before I go to this audio that talks about the plagiarism and the two black women, it's like we're talking about three black women tonight. Uh, Melba Moore, one of the uh, Little Rock Nine, uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, and then Carol Swain is the woman, a black woman, who wrote a book, and and she admits herself, as you'll see in this next in the interview, that her her work was plagiarized. Three black women. Hmm. What's that all about? So, what do you think about that situation? Well, in the clip that you just played, they were talking about lynching this young woman. That's the that's the Willie Lynch. Uh, ideology is divide, conquer, woman against woman, educated, you know, education, uh, a higher educator against maybe a lesser, and so forth. And so it's, I mentioned this before on a previous uh, show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Supposedly this is the era and the time of people of color rising, to a, a, a higher status, a higher plane, a higher level, a higher uh, existence. And 
um, the media has uh, took it upon themselves as seem like as normal or usual to portray all of these negative situations, but yet they can be situations of learning because what they're doing is they're showing you, okay, are these the people that are supposed to be rising? Are these the people that are supposed to be the leaders of the future? Are these the people that are supposed to be this, that, and other? Look at them. They're, they're like, you don't want that, and it's not going to happen. We're not going to allow it. And so that's divide and conquer and keep them where you, you know, where you want them to be, keep them in their place. Just like the educational system was designed by the same, uh, we'll say, hidden faction that controls society, the way society thinks, the way society responds to stimuli and so forth and so on. That's what we were taught as teachers. I mean, you had to take certain what they used to call methods, um, and these are, you know, techniques. But personally, uh, when I uh, went through the, the system of training for that position to be become a teacher, you know, uh, and um, I, I, I learned lessons from the master teacher that I that I looked at as the master teacher of the scriptures. When you read about the teacher who went about teaching and healing and doing manner of good, I learned that this type of teaching was the best uh, style of teaching. You know, even though the methods that I learned in, in grad school, they, they were uh, beneficial in helping me. You know, we had to learn certain things. Actually, I taught... I taught history. I taught English. I uh, retired teaching special needs. So I had to do like uh, what they call an endorsement. I had to take some additional coursework so that I could teach high school uh, children with special needs, uh, physical, mental, emotional, and so forth. And so it was valuable because it helped me to understand the uh, the changes that were taking place in children as they were de- in their developmental stage and as they developed from uh, stage to stage. But anyway, I think I answered your question. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. So we, we and what I, I hear you saying is that we each have an experience in the educational field, in the educational arena yeah. that can change us or it can, what is it, better make us better or bitter, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, right, better, better or bitter, bitter yeah. right? So any of us who have been in the, most of us have been in the education, at least elementary, high school, higher education. What happens in the higher education system? We're all humans. We're all different. We all are having an experience in the higher ed. I went to college in Madison, Wisconsin. You went to college. Well, I went to college in Alabama, and I went to Wayne State in Detroit. Okay, Wayne State, Alabama. We all been we all been all over the place. Now, why is it that um, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, is on front stage now with her resignation from Harvard? Have you been paying attention because? But again, like uh, Mikhail said, the the plan, the the L, the operation is divide and conquer. Tonight, we want to get to the truth, capital T. Racism is not the problem. That's not the problem. But Al Sharpton always comes in there roaring with racism charges, and Jesse he's Jesse's retired now. 
and all the other racism accusations. Can, but I, let's, can, I, can I inject something? Sure. Point? Remember, when we were talking earlier, and I was showing you that's Boule. 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 For the purpose of divide and conquer. When you study that, what that word means, you'll be enlightened. Boule, everybody. Look up Boule. So we're going to look at a short interview with Carol Swain, who's not been in the media as much, but it was her work that was done, and she herself admits that, yeah, Miss Miss Gay plagiarized her work. Why are these women being put out here on the front stage showing division and confusion? So let's listen to uh, this interview with Miss Carol Swain about her work that she did and uh, Claudine Gay's uh, resignation, divide and conquer. Remember, three, two beautiful black women who have done the work, they've done the, the, the study, and yet they're on the front stage. And Harvard divide. takes plagiarism seriously from the Harvard Crimson. In a six-year high, 27 undergraduates were forced to withdraw from Harvard in 2021 due to honor code violations. That's six people in a year. Since Gay's testimony, a number of journalists started looking into Gay's past, including her dissertation. The Washington Free Beacon and independent journalist Christopher Rufo called attention to a few passages. There are many. But consider these similarities with the work of world-renowned professor of law and political science Carol Miller Swain. Here's just one example you can see highlighted. On the right, in blue, Carol Swain says, since the 1950s, the re-election rate for the members, the House members has rarely dipped below 90%. Gay on the left, in red, without quotes, the same thing, just adding a comma in the word incumbent, saying since the 1950s, the re-election rate for incumbent House members has rarely dipped below 90%. Again, from the Harvard Crimson, Harvard's own newspaper, the Crimson, quote, independently reviewed the published allegations, quote, some appear to violate Harvard's current policies around plagiarism and academic integrity. With us now, author of The Adversity of Diversity, political scientist and legal scholar, Dr. Carol Swain. It's nice to see you, ma'am. Thank you. Um, to be fair, Harvard has cleared uh, Ms. Gay, Dr. Gay, of plagiarism. I'm just interested as in an academic. Um, do you think she committed plagiarism? I mean, there's no question that she uh, committed plagiarism. There are some Harvard faculty members who are trying to redefine what is plagiarism. We all know what it is. And so she did violate that. And it was not just in her dissertation. It was also in some of her publications. And my beef with her is not really about, I mean, so there were two passages from my award-winning book, Black Faces, Black Interests, The Representation of African-Americans in Congress that she quoted without uh, citation. When I examined her work on Monday, her publications, the one that led her to get tenure, what I noticed was not passages of my work, but her whole research agenda was building on the ideas from my award-winning book because it was the seminal book at that time on representation, minority representation, it would have been expected normally that she would have acknowledged in, you know, a paragraph, or she would have, uh, she would have uh, either put her in the credits or something. Or, yeah. Well, she, the she, would, she would she would have it in the uh, uh, the, the uh, book cited in the bibliography. Sure. But the work was seminal. She was building on my work, and she got away with that. And I don't just hmm. blame her. I blame her committee members because 
normally if it's if it's a leading uh, a piece of work, you have to engage it either to refute it or to affirm it. By her not uh, citing my work, that hurt me long term because in academia you are rewarded by the number of citations that you have. And so she uh, did her publications. Her work was derivative of my work. In my opinion, her publications did not merit uh, tenure uh, at an Ivy League school. Yeah, I, I, it's almost like she's stealing. I mean, the way you put it, and I didn't realize this in academia. It's almost like she's stealing from you if she's taking, if she's not giving you credit, and and that's how people move forward in academia. What I'm wondering about, and you were, I think it's fair fair to say, a trailblazer in uh, black women in, in education, especially in, in the political science world, in the way that you you have been. I'm wondering if you think that Harvard protecting her in this way. This is a woman who uh, clearly is a bigot based on her testimony, but. Uh, you've laid out a case for why she is also someone who has violated another set of ethics that Harvard says they, they, they hold dear, which is academic integrity. I'm wondering if you think protecting her hurts the progress that has been made in the hard work of you and other black women in academia. And I'm wondering if, if so, if it does hurt that, why is, is this so sacred to Harvard, do you think? But they're hurting their brand uh, for DEI, and it doesn't just hurt black people. It hurts every student uh, at Harvard or, or, or even the ones who have graduated because it devalues their degrees. And you can't be, say, oh, poor Claudine uh, Gay, you know, maybe she came from the inner city, a disadvantaged background. She went to the most elite boarding school in America uh, and, and that's where she got her K through 12 education. And so you can't say that she didn't know what plagiarism is. She has been, uh, you know, just promoted along, given awards for her writing. She won a prize for her senior thesis and also for the dissertation that was plagiarized. And, uh, and so now she got caught. And instead of the university holding her to the same standards, that a white man or white woman or a, or a conservative black male or female would be held to, they've decided to dig in deep. And I think that it's a tragedy for American education. It's a tragedy tragedy for Harvard. And uh, it hurts everyone, not just black people. Fair enough. Um, she really Dr. should Swain? resign. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I say dare to dream, uh, perhaps, on that one. But, Dr. Schwader, it was good having you. As I said to you in the break, I had not uh, been familiar with your work before. I'm glad I am now. Okay, we all know that she did resign. And so what are your thoughts on that, Mikhail, on all that drama? Well, uh, you know, when I was in grad school, I witnessed plagiarism, cheating on a grand scale. And many of the, I won't say many, but some of the professors allowed for that. They actually uh, at one, I remember especially one particular time we were doing a final and the professor just walked out of the room for a few minutes. <laughs> and what was going on during those few minutes, if you could, could have seen the scuffling and, and so forth that was going on in that classroom. And basically these were not people of color. This was, uh, this was at Wayne State University there in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, which was basically uh, a white school, a white uh, university. 
So they got away with it. They got away with it. In yeah. your eyes. So it's not anything new, but but now we have these two beautiful sisters on front stage uh uh in conflict basically because uh, Claudine Gay started out with a very very poor congressional response. I mean the 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 if you saw the hearing that it, they put her through, well, if you have students on the campus who are saying from the river to the sea, isn't that uh, talking about genocide to Jews? And she couldn't even answer that question. The hell no. And she couldn't even say that doesn't even mean genocide to Jews. It doesn't mean we want to kill the Jews. From the river uh, to the sea means freedom for Palestinians. But Claudine Gay avoided bringing forth a, a, a comprehensive answer that might have saved her career. And and by the way, I don't know how many of you know, this woman is making $900,000 a year, even after, she's only been on the job six months. She's making $900,000 a year, even after she's resigned. Mm-hmm. Who and so Because Harvard University gets billions of dollars from wealthy individuals uh, to help continue the higher education. So what we're talking about tonight is, um, racism or divine judgment. The higher education system is crazy, crazy off, uh, uh, off the chain, um, irrelevant in many, many ways, and uh, it's time for a new paradigm. It's what we're trying to promote here tonight, discerning truth. What's the truth about this situation? Well, it gets deeper and deeper because uh, DEI, is a system of diversity, equity, and inclusion that the WEF, the World Economic Forum, uh, the HEDO, all these elite globals want to bring in diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. Unfortunately, it looks like Ms. Gay was part of that promotion to get diversity, equity, inclusion, even though she may not have been quite qualified for the job. Now, you might have a different opinion. Let me go to my blog talk studio, and let's see. We've got a hand up uh, from 706-202. That looks like Brother Kwame Sunhorse. Your mic is open. Uh, Welcome, Brother Kwame. What do you have to say? Good evening, Sister Viata, and good evening to my brother, Mikael. You know, this controversy mm-hmm. is is kind of a flag if we overstand our history. Yeah, absolutely. And the, she resigned January 2nd, 2024, correct? Right. Okay. And her parents are Haitian. She's firstborn American from Haitian parents. That's we have established also, you know, her education from K to whatever that she went through. The thing was, Jean Desolet on January 1st, 1804, declared the first independence of African descended people of Haiti by overthrowing and defeating the French. So you're looking at a time that now she's been educated and she come. That's that's the similarity there. January second, twenty twenty four, she's has to resign and give up position as being Yay. president. Eighteen oh four, Haiti won its independence. First first black independent country in in the West. 
Second of all, 1914, president of Harvard, who is the cousin of Darwin's, came about with implementing the, the course of what we call today eugenics, which was birthed at Harvard. So you're looking at the eugenics and the, and the, the theory of spe, uh, special selection using, you know, Darwin's theory, but creating eugenics and making the, the darker people or the, the people with what they considered lesser to be able to be sterilized or to be removed. And so you see this woman, you know, climb the ladder in Harvard to be seated in the presidency of, of Harvard, but to be removed and to show that, okay, we can allow this. Even though she's speaking, whatever she spoke, you had other lesser people have spoken out against what's going on in Palestine and Israel and have not been, has not lost as much as she lost. She hasn't really lost. Right. They just made her, they used her as, just like Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. Clarence Thomas sat there and did all of that, and they, he even said, y'all just electronically lynched me on television, but he still got the seat on the Supreme Court. He also still has been proven to say that his wife had something to do with the January 6th insurrection, as they say, and he also was able to be shown that he's taking gifts, or if you want to call it gifts, of traveling and doing this. And what Harvard, with their, their endowment of billions of dollars in their, their cough, made an offer of $100 million to, to to us about slavery. But they still got $100 billion. But it was a billionaire that said that he was getting ready to, to stop funding Harvard. So yeah, she makes her nine hundred thousand, but they ain't not gonna lose that billion dollars. So they gonna find a way to get her out of there. You know, it's it's looking at you know using her as a distraction, but causing the action of a historical event to happen again. Right, that's very eighteen oh four. The Haiti has not stopped paying for defeating the French and, and what we've done, and especially there in, in, in Florida. You know, yeah, we've got the Haitians, but the Haitians, you know, at one point the boat people were being washed on the shore because they wouldn't go out there and save them from drowning. So you're looking at this whole thing of, of symbology, and eugenics was set up to do what? To stop black women from producing graders that stops a black woman from doing greater in the right, public eye. Right. So right. We, we're Thank not you. looking at the subliminal message. You're looking at, oh, she gave, they got her to do. We're, 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 we're grandizing them having that much of thought, but we're not looking at what is it doing to us again through historical events. Again, right. historically, you are defeating, you're sterilizing a black woman. In the media, you just sterilized her, just like you created eugenics in 1914. Thank you. That is so interesting, the history. That's why I like to bring in the history, because 
it really shows how far we have come or not. Uh, as I said, when I looked at the Little Rock Nine and how I cried when I read Melba's book about her experience, I realized we've come a long way. The, the truth is, the reality is, there are a majority of Europeans who are not ignorant. There, I would say the majority are not ignorant. There's a minority that are still ignorant, and they have not traveled all over the world. They haven't had lived with other uh, people of other races. That's a minority who are, have, have limited perspective, and they're ignorant about relation, how to have a healthy relationship with people of other races. So this idea that this whole thing about uh, Miss Gay and Miss Swain is all racism, racism, we need but to rethink it. Two, two other things that, 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 that's really prevalent in what we're looking at. What is her name? Caroline Claudine, Claudine. Claudine Gay. We're dealing with this right. whole issue of the LGBT, the gay community, and all the issues with the gay. The movie that was 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 with with uh, James Earl Jones and that Claudine about the Black Welfare Mother. Right, right. You see, you see, so, see the two. It's it's so much it's so much in that that we're not looking at. You know, and saying, you know, they made very emphasizing her name is God, not Dr. Gay. They didn't give her her title. They Her name is Claudine Gay. Yeah, they, they didn't say they like they didn't say President Obama. They just said Obama. Right, right. So there are still part, people in the system who are not showing respect to individuals who have earned their degrees and their credit. So what we're trying to say tonight is the system is the problem, necessarily the people in the system. And if we are going to be more empowered, rise up, and do something different, we have to recognize not to be to not go into the division, not play into the division that they would like to see us have. It's time for unity. So I would say divine judgment works in everything, everything. This one. Paradigm and new system. So we want to go in tonight into another system, the religious system. This is in the news. Oh my goodness! If you're not, you probably, if you're not on YouTube, you wouldn't know about the religious drama going on. And so I'm asking um, Mikael to start off by reading a scripture from the Bible, and we want to discern if we hear truth or not. Even if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. But I, these scriptures came to me as I was preparing for this show because they seem to be relevant about us changing, shifting into a new paradigm of K, capital T truth. We've had little T in Sunday school and throughout our young lives. Now we got to go in a big truth because this year, we're only seven days into the year, and we've already been bombarded by confusion, division. So Mikael is going to read a scripture that I feel is very relevant to talk about the religious drama going on right now, in our, our 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 country, and this is from Acts 
uh, Acts chapter 7, 48. You be the judge whether this sounds true, and then we're going to break it down, and you can break it down as well. Go ahead. 48 to 51, I think. Whatever you feel is relevant, we speak up. Howbeit how the Most High dwells not in temples made with hands, as said the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, says Yahweh? Or what is the place of my rest? Has not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, do you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did? So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. That's Actually, it kind of relates to what you just was were talking about and yeah. what they would and what uh, Brother Kwame was talking about of how they they uh, this thing is planned. Okay, and you can relate the prophets to uh, you know the speaker that we're talking about. Okay, yeah, the president of, uh, of the Harvard. Yeah, so we're looking at a scripture in the Bible. Some might think, but does that ring true to you that the Creator of heaven and earth says, "I didn't build. I, I don't dwell in temples made by man. I gave you uh, in another scripture. Uh, the Creator says." Um, I don't live in temples made by man, nor is, is, are, am I served by human hands as though I needed anything. Since the, the creator himself gives to all mankind life, breath, and everything. Mm-hmm. When we pause and think about what we just read, is it true or not? That's the question we ask. Is it true? It sounds true because when you are walking with nature, in my, my experience, when you're walking with nature, you realize that we weren't meant to be in buildings built by man to worship the creator. Does that ring true to anybody? When you look at all the churches and urban areas and crime everywhere, that the Most High is really speaking to us about, I don't live in that building where they got the big temple. These mega churches are having big problems because they have placed men on pedestals in these mega churches built by men. And now the creator is saying loud and clear, I'm not in that place. I'm not in there. You people have been gathering in the thousands in these buildings and listening to somebody in the altar or on the pedestal that you place. And when they get ready to fall, let's just think about Eddie Long. We remember Eddie Long, don't we? Eddie Long was in Atlanta, Georgia, mega church pastor. He denied that he was having uh, relationships with little boys or big boys, whatever. And then when it all came out, Eddie Long had cancer and he died. And all the boys and the men came out and confessed that, yes, Eddie Long was not the great pastor you built him up to be. So we are looking again, I believe, of the fall of these men that have been lifted up on pedestals. And you as a pastor, Mikhail was the pastor of, tell them about your pastor experience. Well, I was uh, assistant pastor for a number of years in uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, Michigan City, Indiana. I was really uh, 
I kind of pastored the smaller church. The the bigger church was in Gary, and that was the uh, senior pastor, and I was uh, his uh, assistant under a, a special program. And so I basically uh, pastored the the small uh, church there in Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, and in, in the process of that, I was able to get an inside view from uh, personal observation and from friends that I had acquired while I was in the ministry and things that I saw. I saw that there's like uh, there's a community of, of, of ministers. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this you know, candidly, uh, there were such things as uh, escorts uh, for pastors who would come and visit. And, you know, you had pastors who would travel to different cities and run uh, what they would call uh, campaigns or meetings, special meetings, uh, evangelistic outreaches. And what what I was kind of appalled at, uh, these people – uh, who were the escorts were called Bible workers. They were, they were, they, these were usually female, and uh, they were called Bible workers. And so they were in place, and so when, when various uh, ministers would come into town, well, uh, these particular females would be mobilized to, uh, to go out, you know, when, with these uh, ministers. So, I mean, that was just one aspect. There were some uh, a number of other things I could talk to you about that I don't think, uh, but that relates to what's going here. And as we were talking earlier, I was I was saying how uh, we were talking about judgment and judgment being in phases. And I was saying earlier that you can go back 50 years and you can see like stages of judgment. You know, people. Okay, they talk about racism now. They well, well, it's people of color. This is this is a particular stage where people of color are coming. Okay, they, uh, what about just before that? Last year, you had the Ashkenazi or the uh, what? What are these people called? The Zionists. Okay, they were exposed, and so there's an expose. There's a, a, a uncovering of the hidden. And it's been taking place as we were even talking earlier. I was, was, was uh, talking about how that even during the, uh, okay, you had George Bush, President uh, George Bush, okay, was exposed. Weapons of mass destruction. Well, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, it was proven. No, that was not so. So uncovered, the truth was uncovered, okay? Here you had. Uh, the Waco incident uh, under uh, President Clinton, okay? You, and so you ha- you've had a revelation and assurance. Now, that Waco incident I was saying earlier showed, uncovered this country's attitudes towards its citizens. It was, those were citizens that were burned and killed at Waco, and it was done by ATF. Uh, the National Guard, too, I think, was involved in it. I think they had all law enforcement yeah. involved in that. Yeah. And so I could go on, but I'm going to stop there. Okay. Kwame, has, uh, you asked to speak again. Your mic is open, Kwame. You know, we're speaking about plagiarizing, and, and 
I, I was flashing back with Mikael because that used to be my route. I used to do Gary, Indiana when I worked for FedEx back in uh, the 80s. And wow. we were talking Michigan City. I was like, wow, okay, that's old familiar stomping ground. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing world. that I'm getting with, yeah, small world, but even smaller because we, we know Tony Browder. Tony Browder grew up in Cabrini Green, and he's now doing anthropological work in the Egyptologist. He wrote the book, Nile Valley Civilization, uh, The Contribution. And in his book, he, he talked about, uh, I remember when we started talking about plagiarizing, 1995, on page 94, when he talks about the, the Akhenaten hymns. Akhenaten hymns, and you look at, and he's got it on the page, you look at Akhenaten's hymns, and you look at Psalms 104, and they're just about the same wording. They just changed the same thing that they did with what Moses did with the 42 laws of Mayat, the declarations of Mayat. Mayat says, and this was a woman who wrote the 42 laws, saying, I have not committed adultery, I have not harmed, I have not killed. And Moses was taught the 42 laws, but when he came down from the mountain, he changed it and says, thou shall not, which means you can't, but I can. Because when you just change that one part from I, because this is why he was he asked the burning bush, who will I tell him gave me these laws? And he said to him, I am that I am. But then he told them, you should not do these things, when in actuality it was that I should not and you shall not do it either. See, it's, it's all in the way that we look at what we call it plagiarism because there's nothing new under the sun. We're taught and we regurgitate in testing to understand that we give back to the answers that we've read and we give it in a such a way, and just like when you give your, your thesis or your dissertation, you have that committee that's to sit there and to, to critique what it is that you're arguing in order to say that we give you this sheepskin or we don't give you sheepskin because one gets you the hood and the other gets you the cap. See, and these are the tools that they created what's called education, because I remember when Dr. Ben Yakinan was telling us the story when he got his first doctorate, and his father came and took him to the kitchen table and said, okay, son, now that you have this sheepskin, who was the first man gave a man his, his, his doctorate? And he, he couldn't answer it, because God gives us our degrees in life. The creator, this is why we go to the university of life. We go in the kitchen to kitchen table universities, and we're fed through the women and the men in our families because the kitchen is the heart of the home. And so we're looking at a system that is set up because if you look at the book Ebony and Ivory about the Ivy Leagues, all of them basically created these institutions off of captive people and killing of the native indigenous people. And what did they do at the Carlisle School? You know, not, nothing better than a dead Indian 
they did that at the Carlisle School is that you destroyed the Indian to, to make the man. The Romans said, I think it was Aristotle, one of them said, give me a boy at seven and I will show you the man. Because what they do is they do not, in, they educate, but they don't do what the word derives from is inducerate, is to bring out what's born in each one of us as a purpose. We have a universal knowledge within ourselves. Why Rumi says everything in the universe is within you. When will you learn to use yourself? We're so trained, colonized our minds. We've been trained to assimilate, think like, and talk like. This is the part of captivity. So we want to read another scripture because Kwame um, just hinted on another big truth with a capital T. Everything you need is within you. So there's a scripture, I think it's Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, that Mikael is going to read for us, and we're going to discern whether there's truth in that or not. All right. 18, verse 9. When thou art come with Yahweh thy Elohim gives thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that use divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch. So so there we reminded that when you come into the land that the Most High gives us, what in the heck is, heck is he talking about? What are they talking about in there? When we come into the land, everybody on this planet doesn't own land. So uh, is, it, is, is the, the scripture telling us uh, a lie? That the creator is going to send When we come into the land we're reminded Be careful what you do How about the land Is right here This land of but when our souls come into the land This is my understanding Of that scripture The most high gives us land For our souls to dwell in This is the vehicle that I use To go to Cuba The vehicle I use to fly to Atlanta This is the land that I find to be sacred. And I don't think enough of us are looking at this land to say, we're trying to get land on planet Earth. We are part of this for sure. But how many of us realize when the creator said, when you come into the land, this land, this land, think about what you're going to do. Are you going to be with abominations? Are you going to defile your land? What are you going to do with this land? How are but could, this giving you. could I could I add to that with and I thank Mikhail for that scripture, but the part that in coming to the land. This is why I my mom just took her last breath and that woman's body through her womb I came, she birthed me onto the earth. My mother's body has gone back to the earth. The other part of it is is that my mother is the earth. Now, because I have not known my existence without the earth, I know my existence from the people, the father and the mother that I came through. But the earth is always going to be every being's mother because this is what it was created for. 
it provides you all that you need as you travel across her. Because if you got up one morning and got ready to sit on the edge of your bed with your feet hanging over and you got ready and the earth just said, don't you dare step on me because you've been throwing garbage on me. You've been digging holes. You've been letting people abuse me by taking oil out of my body. What would you do? What would you, how would you go about the land if the earth said, do not step on her? Exactly. And, and this is where we can discern truth. When we look at the land of the earth, the soil, versus the land that you come through the womb in, the land of your mother that becomes the earth when our souls leave the land that the creator has given us. And uh, we have Chanice uh, Payne is in, in the uh, Facebook um, audience. She says public schools are a pipeline to prison. Truth again with a capital T. So why are we, why are we um, continuing to educate our children in the public food? Well, I'll tell you why. Convenience. You have a millennial generation, Generation X. It's all about convenience. I was sharing my journey um, to visit family in uh, Atlanta, and I realized how materialistic some people can be. And that's what the public schools do. They teach you, number one, you should be ready to get training to go to college, higher education, get ready for college. Don't think about being an entrepreneur. But uh, the pipeline to prison comes about when we are not looking at higher knowledge, higher suite, the knowledge of the divine creator, so that um, we miss out on an opportunity to be more like more like our creator, more uh, listening to the Holy Spirit's voice rather than the high school teacher, the college professors, the college graduates, and so on. So we're going to uh, go to in uh, the Female Solution has a caller. I'm going to open and then we'll come back to you, Kwame. Uh, we have a caller in Female Solution uh, blog talk studio. Naima, if you want to go ahead and open their mic. I've opened up your mic. Okay. Hello. Yes, I hear you. You hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, this is uh, this is Kofi. The indigenous one. Uh, yes. Welcome. I love the conversation and uh I appreciate um the flow or, or the rhythm of the brothers and uh we all are called the Ter, the Maduna Ter, Maduning's land and the Ter, the uh, it's nature. Uh, you know, we're talking about the land and being born in our mother's womb. We were, we were born in water, so those little sperms had to swim. The land that we live on, guess what's holding it up? Water, right? Islands are okay. floating on water, right? Water's the healing. Yeah. And so when we're talking about, you know, you talked about Moses and uh, the taking from the written uh, word that was on stone, interpreted through scrolls, papyrus, papers, and then books. And what they did 
the, uh, the, the walls on all the pyramids, even in America, Niagara Falls and all in Africa and all in uh, Australia and everywhere, and even in China, they spoke of the one created, which was the sun, which gives us a sustained life, that we are the sun children. And so when they took that information off of the walls, they gave it another name. They called it God. Okay? And then the different name, Yahweh, Elohim, all the different names came out, derived off this word called God. And if you go on the Internet, everybody's like, oh, here's a word from God. Oh, God told me this. Oh, God told me that. So now we're, we're being confused because of the many various names that were taken from uh, the ancient walls. That's where all the knobs are written from. Earth and the Fire wrote a song, wrote oh. a song. And so cool. what I'm saying is that, I got, huh? I got a question for you. Speaking of names, before I forget, I saw a video that blew my mind. What's the original name for Africa? Do you know? Well, Africa was named after the Roman conqueror, uh, Solius Africanus, but the original name before that was called Africanus. Uh, The original name before that was called uh, Adabula. Yeah, so I'm... Because I just watched this four-hour video from this bishop educating. It's a different type of bishop. He educates on every level. And he brought out the fact that Africa is not the original name for that continent. So here we are. Talk about deception. Here we are over in America. Everybody the African-American. Well, you're on the name of a Russian conqueror. Right. See, the world used to be the world used to be connected before the before the drift. The world was connected called Pangaea. So, uh, right. Ghana and all these African countries were connected to Florida and South America. We were one land base. But when the divide happened, uh, the conquerors start labeling the different continents to control. The, the the one who the one who names you controls you. So we were called burnt people, Semitic people, uh, Nubians, or whatever you want to call it. But names can control you. So in the Word of God, it says the name of God was what the Word of God. We perish for like a knowledge. So we really don't have names. When you're born, your mother and father are forced to give you a name that controls you. So we really don't have, don't seek a name because we're a being, we're, we're energy, you know what I mean? So that confuses us, uh, the originations of the continents of controlling us by names. And so I think if we get away from understanding uh, the name game, then you'll start realizing that the universe um, has, has given us life, 
more abundantly, and we don't use names to identify ourselves. We use the sun to identify ourselves, right? You, you, you right, right. So Naima brought up the original name of Africa is Al Kabulan. Is that what you said, Kofi? Yep, that's she correct. That's an Al Kabul. That's right. That's that's it. That's the original name. And that's alkaline. That's wind water. Yeah, it means the mother. Right. Alkabalon means the mother of mankind. And and Alkabalon was the original name, and it means mother of mankind or Garden of Eden. What is the mother of mankind? You know what that is? Water. That's why we got to go back to the water and be born again. We're born in our, in our mother's womb full of water. We're 80% water, right? So I'll digress and let you guys. So we're, so we're actually Al-Bulan Americans. You like that one? Al-Kibulan Americans. I, from every little survey I fill out, every race, I put Al-Kibulan. Al-Kibulan. <laughs> Because because we're this is a season that we are revealing all evil and truth with a capital T is being revealed. And uh, Tanise also says Pangea. Is that also the name? Yes. Uh, that was the name for all the all the islands continent. connected. That was all the continents connected in one one plate this plate the- called Pangea. Yes. Yep. Okay. So we're gonna have a choice brothers and sisters as here's what we're we're talking about the higher education system needs to go uh the the religious system needs to go that's going to fall all by itself in my opinion uh the the people the are going to fall we don't have to do too much work just watch and then promote the truth with a capital T so we now choose to be called Bukin American or we can be Thing to call Al-Kulan. We got to get ordered one, maybe. Al-Kulan. That's a global, but you know, we don't only want to talk about this all over the world. This is only, okay, that's a, that's a global title. Thank you, Naima. That's a global title right there. That's power right there. Okay, so here's the water. thing. Huh? Unite. We all color. Instead of you're white, you're black, you're Chinese, you're uh, Italian, you're what? No, we're all Alkibulan Americans or just plain Alkibulans. Here we are, all joined together. Everybody unity. Finally, unity. No, no white, no black. Right. The whole world is Alkibulan. There it is. There it is. We go back to the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, Native American, the the, um, the indigenous name that we, that we should. Who is this? Okay, we've got another Herb Herb Bennett. Hi, Herb Alkabulanian. Okay, I like that wow. too. African African American. 
I want to get rid of it. Because uh, Naima, I'm wondering if Naima wants to take a break, let me know um, just at the time. So thank you, Susie. We're not even Americans. That's a title right, in this right, one. Right, right, right. So, we, we're, we're trying to be. So we're we, trying to be connected. We're trying to be connected to the global family. So, let's get away okay. from all these titles. We're Akabulanian, and that will connect. That'll end race. The church has already failed, and we're actually bringing a new birth of identifications for all races to come together under this one term. Thank you. With that, we can take a break. Thank you very much. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things? Well, don't worry. You are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking stimulating and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness sessions on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the Mindfulness Slash Stress Relief Coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the Mindfulness Moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of Mindfulness on Higher Learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening.
callers, and then we're going to have Mikhail read uh, some a scripture uh, after our callers. But we've got 262-833. Your mic is open. Thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Greetings, greetings, greetings. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. You can be heard, <laughs> Brother Eddie. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, and greetings to the family and listening audience. I just wanted to add uh, a little metaphysics that we are getting into because that's part of our ascension that we're going through. So as you was talking about the land, and we inherit the land from our mother. This is why land is eight, mother is 26, which is eight. The land that metaphysically we inherit is mental. Mental is 17, which is eight. And this is, remember, this is this year, 2024, the eight. And along with that eight, we're going to be dealing with fear, 17, the eight, which is also mm-hmm. called the psychological war. Psychological is 44, the eight. These are the things that we become entangled with because right now the eight dealing with this year, we're going to see and hear it more and more. The sickness, sickness is 35, which is eight. The sickness is referred to as mental health. Mental health is 44, which is eight. We have to be the voices of truth. Voices is 26, which is 8. We resonate and vibrate through our voice words of peace. Peace is 17, which is 8. We have to be the ones who save ourselves first to help save Humanity, because <clears throat> that's what's happening now. Save yeah. is 17, by the way, which is an eight. We're here as a helper. Together is helpers. Together is 44, which is eight. Helper is 35, which is eight. We are the true helpers. And we are helping those who do not understand to understand. Understand is 53, which is eight. But it's only if a person is truly willing, as they say, the will of God. Will of God is eight. Willing is eight. So a person has to truly be willing to make that sacrifice, which is no more than a change a change that comes within themselves. Most people, as we see that we talk to, are not spiritually ready. We're getting ready (laughs) physically, materially, all the way down, but (laughs) ready is 17, which is 8. And we can see when we have conversations with different people, they're truly not ready. We're not judging. We only are here to identify because we can identify one another. So we have no time to judge because the judgment is on the way. And by the way, judgment 
is 35, which is 8. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can help to improve ourselves and each other. Improve is 26, which is 8. By the words of encouragement, encourage is 26, which is 8. And it's the patterns that we pick up on. Patterns are 26, 8. Dealing with the numbers. Numbers are 26, which is 8. So that whole land mass that deals with our mental prowess deals with the whole complete world. World is 17, which is 8. Our land, our mental state of mind is the world that we create. So we are the ones that carry that torch and that passion and compassion to touch those who have not been touched as of yet. So with that, I'm going to digress and continue to listen to the class. Love everybody, especially you, Sister V, and family. Peace and love. Thank us, thank us. That was a great, great lesson uh, to show us the universal language of numbers and how it confirms like synchronicity when things happen in our lives and numbers show up. This is why uh, Brother Eddie um, shows up to be the teacher of the universal language that helps us understand, understand our relationship to the cosmos. We are microcosms of the macrocosm. And that's all I love hearing from him to confirm what when these topics come up, I never know for sure. Well, I do know now, but I, I doubt sometimes that it's the right topic and if it's something that should be discussed. And then Brother Eddie will come in and just confirm with the universal language of numbers. And then uh, thank you, Brother Eddie. Appreciate you. And then Herb Bennett, uh, thank you, Herb, for joining us. He says, in the age of Aquarius, knowing who we are is key. What are we? We are people conscious of the relationship with the universe. We are people who are becoming uh, Al-Kabulanians, right? So we are becoming more spiritual. We are becoming more like our creator, more like nature, more like uh, the cosmos. So this is why we're here. And um, Brother uh, Mikael wanted to read a scripture because he, he mentioned about the the medicine. We, we want to talk a little bit about the medical system that has deceived us and have, we are not walking in the way that we need to be walking. So there's a scripture about eat, just about what we should be thinking about when we eat. Okay, this this text is taken from Deuteronomy, uh, and it's 8.10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless Yahweh thy Elohim for the good land which he has given thee. Now, here again, they're talking about the good land that he gives. When, when we digest our food well, that's a good land. That land is functioning exactly the way the creator intended. We put that food in our mouth. We digest it. That's some good land. Now, I tell you what interferes with the good land is when you're in the company of people 
who are disagreeable, who want to argue, who don't want to enjoy the meal with laughter and good conversation. There's nothing worse than having somebody eating with you who brings uh, depression or anger or bitterness because it affects the whole mood of the of the meal. So what he just read is, is instructed us to give thanks after you eat. Usually we bless the food uh, when before we eat, but that scripture says, no, after you have filled yourself uh, from the good land, and just think about, you don't even have, in my mind, you don't even have to say, thank you, thank you for the good land. When you express gratitude, appreciation for the meal, and everyone's uh, in joy and harmony and unity, creator is happy. The Holy Spirit is, is joyful. When we are sitting um, with it, with friends, family, loved ones, anyone, and we're all in joy, that's a high vibration uh, a high vibration that will affect your health in a very positive way. But if you're sitting around eating with people who don't enjoy the meal, who want to complain, who are crying, the, you're not honoring your creator in the land that the creator has given us. And I know we have another caller. So let me go back to the callers. Uh, Mama AZ, your mic is open. Are you there, sister? Dr. V? Yes, I can hear you. Greetings. Uh, gr- uh, greetings, family. And uh, Dr. V, <laughs> I know I must be doing something right on this planet. Uh, 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 greetings, Brother Kwame. Greetings, Brother Harris. And I hope Sister Antoinette is listening in because uh, uh, I've been sending prayers for her wellness and everybody's wellness. But I want to say to you, uh, Dr. V, uh, you are so hooked up. It is not even funny. Uh, uh, Brother Harris, the other night, it was the five that we were dealing with. And now the eights. Um, And you have allowed me or with the uh, confirmations, even with the issue of racisms, I'm here, family, in Cochise County, um, Arizona, and it's interesting. I'll be, I'll put it, I'll put it in that way. It is very interesting dealing with uh, the racial issues uh we should be done with this but apparently it's not uh caucasian people i believe are afraid that they are going to be uh exited out of their power uh and and i and i years ago you would have never ever heard me say that but this is one reason that I became a Baha'i, because of the principles of, of in, in, uh, being involved in Greensboro, the Greensboro shootout, and the Greensboro Four at Woolworth, and, and even uh, Dee Brown, who was the creator, uh, the author of Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, uh, go up on the Internet because they have a library 
named after Dee Brown, of all places, in Little Rock, on Broadway, my neighborhood Main Street in Phoenix, Arizona. All of this is is very, very metaphysical family, you know. So, Dr. V, I appreciate you, sister. I appreciate you, Brother Kwame. I appreciate you, Brother Harris, with your knowledges of numbers. My dad uh, told me about many, many things. And thank you for confirming because here in Cochise County, Miracle Valley, Arizona, I'm dealing with a lot of racial issues, and some of it also comes from two-leggeds who look like you and I. Listen, go listen, Peace. Yeah, go Thank you. Listen, while I was visiting in Atlanta, the news was on in the house I was at all day, every day that I was there, five days. Every time the news came in, do you know what the first stories were on the news? Some black person that killed another black person. And I'm like, wow, sure is a lot of uh, racial tension around here. The next news story, they're looking for another black person that killed another black person. It was crazy to see all the crimes going on in the, I mean, in Atlanta has, what, probably majority population is black, right? And there's a bunch of crime. If I was a white person visiting Atlanta, staying in the hotel, and I turned that, if I was watching the news, I'd be afraid to go out maybe, cause, and I'd sure be afraid of black people, because that's all they were reporting, well, how much black crime was going on in Atlanta. It was really weird. So, yeah, if you, and why would you want to keep putting the pictures up to, to uh, promote the, the idea that crimes are taking place? And guess who's doing all the crimes? So you're right, Mom, uh, Mom AZ. We've got a problem in the communities, uh, in, especially in Atlanta, but in other communities even. That is why we who are conscious need to be always aware to create peace and unity in our communities no matter what color people are. Because how are we going to change the prejudice and the, the idea that black people are criminals? And if you in, I'm telling you, if you're in Atlanta watching TV, that's all you don't remember half the time is there's a bunch of criminals with dark skin in Atlanta. And I was only there for like five days. And as I said, the TV was on every day that I was there. And I was always walking through, looking at the TV, and commercial comes on. And, and, uh, and there's a lot. But on the other hand, there are a lot of professional black people on the news stage. They're all the, just about all the women doing the news were, uh, or um, what were we saying, Al-Kabulanians, right? (laughs) Al-Kabulanians with dark skin. Okay, we can designate if we want. So, I mean, what do you think about that when the media, again, the media system, the religious system, the higher education, and now we talk about the medical system, if you are walking around thinking that uh, the jab is, is what you need to stay healthy, you're walking in a lie. You're not, uh, you're not looking at truth with a capital T because we have these amazing bodies or vehicles that we're walking in that are all about consciousness, consciousness. 
when we have an awareness of how powerful this brain is to heal, to change, and to create what we need, then there's nothing we can't do. And we don't need a lot of doctors and women and men in white coats telling us what we need to do. So uh, we want to just make sure tonight that we are, as Herb Bennett said, we know who we are and we know the systems. We know the systems are the problem, not the people, whether it's uh, uh, Claudine Gay or Carol Swain or uh, TD, whatever, snakes. <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? Uh, but Zelda said, as Brother Mikael says, uh, oh, hi, Harry Simran is, has said oh, hello. Hi, Harry Simran. And as Brother Mikael says, it's a whole system. Life is designed around systems we have all been experiencing since birth. And it starts, what, right here. And this is the most advanced computer system in the planet, our human body. And my good friend and sister, Hari Simran, is, is dropping in to say hello and hi, my dear sister. Shalom, shalom. And uh, Satnam, Satnam, that's my yogi friend. And so we give praise and thanks for all the people. Um, and Brother Eddie, uh, Brother Eddie, I'm a, your mic is open, Brother Eddie, if you want to share. I can't really read what you just sent me, but if you want to share what you just sent me, uh, your mic is open. Yes, yes, indeed. It was just basically it's uh, just a, a list of words this year that I sent you dealing with the number 8, 20, 24, that 8, to look out for that you will start to hear not only because I just mentioned it, but it's, it's dealing metaphysically with the number eight. So that's dealing with judgment, fear, psychological, mental health, sickness, stress, purge, anymore, antenna, teaching, thinking. Your name means amen. Name mean, amen, the same four letters, all equal eight. It's a foundation. Together, mother, matter, tonight, fighting. See, we're constantly in a fight, fighting, which is 44 and eight. Future, it deals with our future, and we know our future deals with our children. Your land is your world, mental. The phone that you use, phone is 17, which is 8. Numbers, patterns, measures is also an 8. You're going to start to measure everything now because you're measuring things that has duality, the balance. It comes from both sides. Improve, encourage, evil, live or life, live, veil. We have to unveil the evil, things, willing, understanding, treater, helper, 
over. It's time for us to get over a lot of stuff because we are holding on to a lot of stuff, garbage, trash. Get over it, family. We got to in order to get past it and move on. Voices speak for peace. Begins face down so you can get up. The stages that we're in, and we always talk about the one, chosen one. We're part of that one. Just put an S to it and it becomes ones. We're the ones. Your state of mind, get up off the floor. We have to band together and keep rocking and rolling with Mother God, a.k.a. Lord God. All those words we're going to constantly hear, even the children of God, we got to get back to that. The spirit of God, all of that is a four because they basically infuse the number with different words, and they call it the digital age. And we see that with our children who are constantly dealing with this age of an artificial reality. We have to get back to the divine real reality that we are constantly pushing because this is what we're pushing. So with that, that's all I wanted to uh, add to the class. Peace and love, family. Thank us, thank us, and and fighting is yeah definitely key because World War Three is here. Did you hand something? No, this is what he said basically uh, about the divide being an eight, and then uh, what we were talking about and fighting being an eight because when you cause a division, there's going to be fighting. Right, right. And then like he said, mental that's mental, and then he mentioned something about uh, like psychological fear. And all of these comes from that principle yeah. of division. And, and these systems we're talking about, if you stay in the matrix, the systems that we're talking about, the religious, the educa- higher education and medical, you're yeah. going to have fear. This is how they control us, right? So the pharmaceutical. The government uh, wars, World War Three is here. That's why we have to come out of these systems. Our whole point tonight, racism, no. This is divine judgment. The creator is allowing the the wars and all the conflict to help us wake up and discern truth. Uh, Mama AZ, you had another point you wanted to make? Oh, my God. Brother Harris, you are the bomb, too. You and Dr. V. In 2020... I spent 14 days at the resting spot at Miracle Valley, Arizona. The resting spot is a cemetery. I do that kind of thing, okay? In a tent, 110-degree heat, and it was awesome. However, I want to segue in on this. Uh, Brother Harris, send me uh, the uh, number eight regimen because what you have just confirmed is what Reverend Allen, thank you, Brother Harris, he communicates with me. He's been communicating with me 
since 2006 when I was there in Oklahoma on the reservation, all right? That's what he told me when I came out there to Miracle Valley to stay those 14 days in a tent. He said, create the infinity with your stones, the medicine people, the mineral people. I, I at least have that on a picture. Many people came and they took footages of me being out there in a, in a tent and, and on a walker and all that, the whole nine yards. But, Brother Harris, you have just confirmed everything that Reverend Allen, Shogi Afende, Chief Frank Foolsgrove, Floyd Red Crow Westerman, my mama, my daddy, and me and Cochise, they all talked to me, and Minister Cynthia Marie Williams. You have just confirmed, my brother. Thank you, Dr. V, for having this, because sometimes I think I'm going crazy. And when people don't hear from me, it's not because I I don't want to talk to you. It's because, family, I am being downloaded. I'm, I'm not Dolores Cannon. I'm not Lee Carroll. I'm not all of these other people who channel in a body that is melanated. All of these other people that I have mentioned, they are all Caucasian. It's time for us in these copper-colored bodies to wake the fuck up. Oh, well, we are, we are the Algebulanians, and that is a, a word that promotes unity among conscious people. When we mm. go to dinner, because I had this uh, testimony that I heard this weekend about a dinner that went bad because one person uh, had attitude and the whole dinner was ruined because everyone was worried about that person. And so when we have unity and uh, joy and laughter, we're going to heal our bodies. We're going to promote peace on this earth, and that's what we need. So I want to play this meditation, Earth My Body, Water My Blood. We can all take a minute, especially Mama AZ. Uh, I know what you're going through in this life is so unique, so unusual, that we have to honor you for your courage and for your strength and for your willingness to hang on. Because I think if many of you knew what Mama AZ was going through, you would be wondering why she hadn't taken her life to be in so much pain. But she is so focused on her mission and her... um, Oh, uh, Zelda has a message for us. What is this? Uh, she's so focused on her mission and why she's here that uh, we have to honor her for her courage. But let me just read a few messages before I go to the meditation. Uh, let's see. HLN, uh, Zelda, our Monday morning mindful says, what T.D. Jakes did at Gospel Radio 1390 on Monday morning mindfulness. Okay, tomorrow morning you're going to hear from um, our sister Zelda on Monday morning mindfulness, what T.D. Snakes, I mean uh, Jakes did uh, on Gospel Radio. 
So thank you, Zelda. We're going to join her tomorrow morning. And then Herb Bennett says, my friend Van Dorn Hinnant, oh, my brother Van Dorn, the artist, says hi. Hey, Van Dorn. We love Van Dorn. He, he is creating some amazing art that we should all look into. And when he shows up on the show, he can promote that art. He, he was my guest, I think it was last year. It's been a while. But I appreciate Van Dorn and all that he's doing. So let us together promote unity, promote meditation, oneness with our breath. Let's breathe in and out together to this beautiful tune. And I hope it doesn't get me in trouble with YouTube. Earth my body, water my blood. These words of truth with the Earth my body, water my blood, air my breath, and fire my spirit. Earth my body, water my blood, air my breath, and fire my spirit. I like to sing to the earth, I like to She likes to sing to me. She likes to hold me. I like to sing to the earth. I like to hold her. She likes to sing to me. She likes to hold me. I carry fistfuls of Make love to the breeze. I carry fistfuls of bone. I trust they will lead me home. I carry grief on my wings. I know I caged birds. Through many turns of this moon, my women have suffered wounds, but my grandmother is with me. Close your eyes, can't you see? And my grandchildren are here. The rose, the crow, and the deer. I am surrounded by light, the light of stories. I need to quiet my mind. I need to listen. We are surrounded by light, the light of stories. We need to quiet our minds. Earth my body, water my body, air my breath and fire my spirit. Earth my body, water my body, earth my body, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire. Be
and we've come to the end of seven days in 2024. It's going to be a nice roller coaster ride. So I hope this show has inspired you to be your best and to know who you are. As our brother said earlier, uh, let me bring that up. In the age of Aquarius, knowing who we are is key. I want to thank Mikael for joining me tonight. It's rare to have him with me, and so I'm grateful to have you here with me. My pleasure. So let's pop some popcorn. we got some Scrabble to play tonight. <laughs> tonight, I'm sure he'll make up for it. So everybody have a great week. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda. And until then, everybody have a great evening. And we're going to say goodbye to our global family. Let's see, where is that message? Closing, thank you. We're saying bye to and everybody. See you tomorrow. show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, Jong Kunyong, Merci.
goodbye.